All right, so this uh, rancher, he was minding his own business when an FBI agent comes up to him, right, and he says, we got a tip that, may, that you may be growing illegal drugs on the premises. Do you uh, mind if I take a look around? Right? So the old rancher replies, uh, yeah, that's fine. You shouldn't go over there, though, as he points at one of his fields. And the FBI agent snaps at him. You know what? I'm a federal agent. I can go wherever I damn well please. Right? And so with that, he pulls out his badge and shoves it into the rancher's face. Right? So the rancher says, all right, whatever, and uh, continues on with his daily chores. So about 15 minutes later or so, right, he hears this loud scream from the field that he had pointed out to earlier, right? And suddenly he sees the FBI agent sprinting towards him with a large bull, you know, right behind him, chasing him. And the rancher rushes to the fence and, and yells out, your badge, show him your badge. <laughs> so <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> This is where you think that your, your authority actually means something to everybody, right? So, and Your jokes are getting a lot better. Yes, they, thank you very much. They've always been good, but that's, <laughs> that's a good one, right? It's a great point, too. I mean, I didn't invent this joke. It's, it's right. uh, an old-timey joke. But I, 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 I heard this one. I thought, this is good. And, but it reminded me, once again, of our friends on the left, right? I mean, it's so obvious. They, they get so you know, hexed up on their issues and their, their love of authority, right? And their titles. We talked about this before, right? A long time ago, we said how, how um, liberals love their titles. Just love them. It's so, so fun. Dean, uh, yeah. professor. Yes, ambassador to the United Nations. Things that mean nothing, right? Uh, the, the army of the United Nations, the blue helmets. Get, get a lot of blue helmets out there, right? Or for that matter, TSA agents, right? I mean, they, they, these people, you know, they, you don't get it. My liberal friends, the, the, your authority comes, first of all, only from God, right? And it's the way you comport yourself that, that commands respect, not your title at the end of the day, right? So I just, I found that very interesting. Um, they, they do get wrapped up in uh, the, the badge, to use the jokes uh, reference. And, and so it is, um, you know, whenever the, the liberals have the president, they refer to him as POTUS, the president has said, you know, oh, my gosh, the president is here, right? When, whereas, you know, when the conservative is president, we conservatives, for that matter, are able to say, well, you know, Reagan did this, Bush did that. We don't say the president said this, right? I mean, it's, it, it, to them, the fact that they, are, they hold, hold this title makes them in some way more godly. Very interesting, right? So I, I, we see this a lot. And, okay. of course, the best example president-wise is how they never called President Bush present they call him bush with <laughs> that's attitude. right yeah oh, always bush, with attitude that yeah. stupid guy bush yeah thinks he's president bush that's a really good example yeah they, they said it with dripping contempt um but i don't know I've, I've always okay so here's the here's the topic that i want to talk about today and um it's a uh something i noticed about life generally speaking you know say you have a problem Ari. all right and uh, you know, you go to a back doctor and he'll say that you need surgery, right? Okay. Now, you go to a chiropractor and he'll say you need chiropractic, right? Whatever the, the, the noun is for that. Therapy need, or whatever. Yeah, chiropractic yeah. therapy. You know, oh, yeah, this is exactly what we do. But, but you come to the right place. 
You go to the acupuncturist, they'll say, you need the needle, right? And your, your, your backache is all can be, you know, everything is connected with the nerves. And they might be right. I'm not saying, I'm not pooing acupuncture, but I'm simply saying that's, they, they will see their profession as the solution to your problem, right? Likewise, the psychologist will say it's a deep-rooted anger from your childhood, right? And it's all manifesting itself now in your back. Uh, the shoe guy will say it's your shoes, right? Uh, the yoga teacher will say that you need to do more yoga. The psychiatrist will say that you can do nothing about it and give you some pills. Your husband will say that it's because you're not giving him enough sex, right? Or... Uh, Okay, I just added that last one there, but, but work me on, with me on this one, right? You, you get the idea. It's um, everyone sees the problem through their own particular lens. It's what, you can't blame them. This is all they know, right? So now I, I can say that to some extent with, uh, with litigation, right? I see a problem with a litigator's accent, right? I speak, I speak resolution with a litigator's accent, um, and then at the, at the same time, I try to resolve it and such like that. This is not about me. I'm, I'm simply saying that, if, but if somebody came to me with a tax problem and asked me to handle it, I, I hopefully, I, and I will say, that's a tax problem. I can't really do that. Go to, to a tax lawyer who can help you with that. But, but both of us will still see it as a litigation matter, right? We'll still see it as a conflict. Other people will see it as some other way. But it really applies in the medical arena very, very much. And that's why I said backaches in particular, because backaches, you know, you really can see it in so many different ways. And I wonder, in the same way, when we have problems, uh, you know, the way that liberals look at, at our problem, you, you choose your favorite problem, whatever it might be. Um, well, healthcare is such a great example, right? For, for healthcare, their solution is, involves the government. It always is the government, Right. If they, he likes this one, Ari. Ari likes. Yeah. yeah. So the government will handle this problem and will do it by a big program. Okay? So, great. Okay. So that's the healthcare thing. And they call it now Obamacare. Uh, if there's a, um, a problem that's perceived to, to be with um, not having enough jobs, well, there's a government program for that, don't you know? Right? And if there's uh, racism that's perceived to be afoot, well, there's a government program from that, too. We are a full-service government program. Government. We do everything. It's the Swiss Army knife of problem-solving. Oh, yeah. If, Global if, war, if only call in the government. Right. It's about as effective as a Swiss Army knife, too. <laughs> right. That's the point. Right. The toothpick. Yeah. You, you want to chop down a tree? Well, yeah, you can use that little knife, I, I guess. It's a toothpick and you'll, a keychain. Yeah, you'll get, you'll get there. <laughs> I don't know how, how long it'll take, but you'll get there. <laughs> Timber might not be said by you, but <laughs> maybe your grandson, <laughs> but it'll get done. <laughs> well, how do you propose to do it, Mr. Lurie? Well, how about this? How about a hacksaw that is actually designed for this, made by this private company? And they don't hear it. They don't hear that, that opportunity in some other way of handling the problem. They never do. Isn't that interesting? And, it's, and I know one of our, our nagging problems with the liberal community, our liberal friends, is that they see everything in the context of how is the government going to do that? Well, you missed an opportunity there. The first thing is yeah. one of the things about the nagging problems of the liberal community, first of all, is the nagging. <laughs> Second of all, is that it Oh, is the nagging. 
No, that's true. And then they, but they look at you as, you know, the, the person who doesn't want government uh, on there. And because you, you want to, so you're only, the reason why you don't want government is that you want to keep the poor down or you don't want to help, you want to keep people sick. Um, that, that's their mentality because they only see one solution to the problem. Yeah, so, so what you're saying, is, and I think this is such a brilliant point, the liberal accuses you who, finds, who wants to explore other solutions other than government as not wanting to solve the problem, period. Right. Only because there's one set of tools we'd rather use as last resort. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's, it, to use your Swiss Army knife example, which I think is brilliant because it, it's a it's about as effective as we just said. They would say, well, how are you going to do that without a Swiss Army knife? Right. And then, then you show them that big hacksaw. They how about turn. a logging company? Yeah. Well, but they don't, they don't recognize that. Right. They, 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 they don't even, it doesn't enter their mind that there is such a thing. And you can say to them, and it, they literally go dog. What do I mean by dog? I, I mean that it's like, you know, the Farsight cartoon with the, the guy you know, ginger. Yeah. yeah. Barking orders at this dog. And, and he says, now, Ginger, I told you for the last time, you cannot nip at me anymore. You cannot tear up the, 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 the rug. That is the last time you'll do that. And you're not going to get a biscuit anymore if you don't do that. And, and you see this, this segment with dogs here. And it's Ginger, blah, 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 blah. Ginger, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <Right>. Ginger. <laughs> so, so, and that's the way the liberals are, right? They're like the dog. <laughs> they, they hear, you know, um, you know, government program, blah, 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 blah. Government program or not government program, blah, blah, blah. That's it. That's the fight. So if you're against the government program that they propose because you have better solutions, they don't hear that. They hear only that you're against the government program, which is the only solution. And to go back to your Swiss Army knife example, they think that if, you don't, if you're not supportive of cutting down a tree with a Swiss Army knife, well, then you're against cutting down the tree in the first place. Which is that's right. Yeah, that that you you won't get the job done at all. Yes, that's exactly it. And we want the problem to persist. Yeah. And and another thing that's so on point with what you just brought up is this: how many times, whether it's on PBS or a local town hall meeting or at a State of the Union address, do you see some government official saying, "We need to bring in some experts"? Yeah. Right. That's right. And if you remember PBS, we used to have like. Um, Bernard Shaw and uh, you know the, these the, the hosts of Frontline or the McNeil Lair yeah, Report or yeah. something do these panel discussions with a bunch of experts. Yeah, and they talk. Okay, well, how would you solve the problem? And then they give some reasonable. So, <laughs> but the government never. This is forty years ago. Would never even touch the implementation process that these experts ever propose. Yes, it never happens. That's right. And, and what conservatives realize, I hope I'm not jumping the gun at this point, is we realize after a while that government stays in business allowing, by allowing the problem to always exist. Yeah. By making sure, no matter what, that tree doesn't get cut down so they can always go, well, we got a tree, it needs to be cut down. Right. Uh, taxpayers, how about some more money for that tree? Right. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and, and you know, it reminds me of uh, Simpsons episode, As Everything in Life Does. Uh, but they're, they're trying to bring up uh, the space shuttle, and they're talking about another boring space shuttle launch, right? And so they're, they're, they're introducing the incredible astronauts that are going to be on the space shuttle this, in this particular journey. And they have a Tom Brokaw-type uh, guy, broadcaster. And he says, uh, well, tell us a little bit about the, the guy, his co-anchor says, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the astronauts who are going to be on the, uh, the space shuttle this time, Tom. And he goes, well, the 
It's a really uh, interesting crew. Uh, they've got a mathematician, another kind of mathematician, and a statistician. <laughs> wow. <laughs> An exciting crew it is. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> And, that, and that's the way it is with them, right? I mean, whether it's 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 always the same thing. It's government is the answer. That's right. That it's it's if it's not a mathematician, it's another kind of mathematician. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's the same over even even climate change, right? The only answer to climate change is not more efficient burning of fuel, uh, not not just letting free market capitalism make its way through, such that we have less pollution. By, by that way, which is, of course, the most efficient way. Um, the, the, their answer, of course, is the government, and government has to have a program, and I'm creating a new department, whether it's the EPA or a subcommittee of the EPA that will handle the climate change, which is the most pressing issue of our day. It's still government. That's the way we view this problem, sir, and that's the way we're going to handle it. You see, at the very least, you know, when I, when I, get, when I went through this list, Ari, of the, the chiropractor and the, the back surgeon and the psychiatrist and the psychologist and the acupuncturist and the shoe guy, for that matter, um, and, and I'm sure there are many other examples I could think of, um, the, you, you can go through those things. At least they, they acknowledge the existence of other people, other kinds of professions, right? The, the psychologist can say, yeah, you know, you might want to see a back surgeon, the back surgeon can say, you know, you might want to go see a, ch a chiropractor because I've seen good work in, in that department. Or and the acupuncturist can say, you know, this is too much for me. I think you need to go see whatever. Right, but there's okay. also trial and error involved. Yeah, of course. The chiropractor can but, but, try but, but, a few uh, sessions, and if nothing works, must be something else. Right. The shoe guy can check your shoes. Uh, either they need the heels adjusted, you need new shoes, or... Right. It ain't the shoes. They're fine. Right. Something else is going yeah, on. Yeah, something so else. Process of elimination. But for, but for the, the liberals, when there's a problem of social epidemic proportion, they, will, they won't see the other possibilities at all. That's right. That's the point. There's only one profession that can handle it for all purposes. I mean, can you imagine, for example, if, if there is no such thing as, as lawyers or plumbers? Well, bad example with lawyers. That might be a great world. <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh, Imagine about the rabbits, George. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a world without lawyers, plumbers, dentists, you know, whatever, senators for that matter, um, uh, accountants, um, hedge fund manager, all those things, they're no longer in existence. And the only people around are back surgeons, okay, or for surgeons generally speaking. And every problem has to be handled by a back surgeon, okay? Including plumbing. Including plumbing. Yes. Right. He'll handle it. Okay. okay, so so you've just you know, said this place. I think it's called hell. That's right. <laughs> right. That's right. Well, the back surgeon technically can't. If everyone's a back surgeon, there's enough you know of them to go around to kind of devote some degree of time. But the back surgeon would only be able to address this problem by way of what he knows from back surgery, right? Yeah. So well, you know, I know about clotted basement. Yeah, would, I know. I know yes. the basics of a clotting. Uh, so maybe that's similar. In plumbing, as it might be in a blood vessel, for example. But that's about it. That's, I, that's the I, best you could do. I think it's even worse. Picture this. Um, but we're in California, so we don't have basements. But let's just, for argument's sake, say we have a flooded basement. 
We call up the basement. The you say, yeah, it's it's a room below your house, ah. but that doesn't matter right now. <laughs> if you remember your movie airplane, oh, sure, imaginary. <laughs> right, that's right. Okay, so you got, a, you got a flood in part of your house. You call the back surgeon over. He goes, "Well, I'd better check your lumbar." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Might well, have to what, open it. That's up. even worse. Yeah, that's right. Because because then they just go straight to your back. All that's they all they know. Just work on your back. <laughs> but how does that get the water uh, out? Well, it may or may not. We got to try. And that's how government works. Well, it's not, it's not only the way the government works. It's also the, of course, I agree with you, but it's the way the tunnel vision of the go-to answer for all liberals, generally speaking. If you, if you view uh, government as the answer for virtually everything, then, then government will be the answer for virtually everything, and you'll try to force a fit. And if, if, if they don't have an obvious answer to deal with that particular issue. For example, uh, you know, healthcare, now the obvious answer, you know, I put that in quotes, is Obamacare. Uh, but what if there's a new problem? Um, you know, well, then the answer is another government program, another, and better yet, a, a government department, a United States department to handle this issue. Right? Yeah, and let me, let me flesh that one out a little bit for the listeners because I think this might be a really good example. Let's imagine Obamacare is eliminated. Let's imagine free market solutions are... Say that again, are, won't you? Imagine, imagine Obamacare <laughs> eliminated, okay? And free market solutions are put in place. And there's a flood of doctors on the market, and the cost of health care and the cost of insurance have gone way, way down. Now you have a new problem. Unemployed doctors. Ugh. Because there's too many doctors to... Oh, and as technology and diets and all these things improve, people are sick less. Yeah. So we don't need that many doctors. The free market solution is, well, all those doctors will get, uh, will choose to go into a new profession. Yeah. The government solution is, well, we better subsidize them. Right. That's right. We, right? Well, or create more regulations so that, it, for lawyers especially, that, that creates a boon industry for them. Yeah. That's, it's, a, it's a very bizarre world. Right. But either way, the, the government solution is only to manipulate the marketplace, not look at anything and ever keep score and say, well, are things better or worse? Well, if they're better, let's keep doing what's making things better. Right. If they're worse, well, let's stop doing the things that are making it worse. Yeah. And, and nobody would, nobody would would stop the, okay no nobody in a government department of energy for example or department of housing of education or whatever would ever say you know what our work is no longer necessary that they, they that they would never understand doing that even i in a case um once in a blue moon in fact quite often a client will come to us with a problem and we will work to fix it and we get to a point where we might say, look, you can keep on using us for purposes of looking over this or that document, but we're done here. You don't really need us anymore. And we're very happy to say that, by the way, because, you know, frankly, we have other clients as well. And, you know, we feel that part of our duty to the client is to, and to, make, to become a hero to the client is not, have him, not to have him have to pay us, you know, forever. That's, that's not a good position for them and it's not good for us at the end of the day. So it, we're incentivized to kind of resolve the problem as quickly as possible. Um, again, you're, you're a hero to a client when you resolve the problem quickly. Same thing for a doctor, same thing with a dentist, right? If you go in there with a cavity and he fixes it, look at he split for the least amount of money, you're a hero. And he'll recommend you forever, he'll love you forever, and he'll talk about your, sing your praises forever. Um, so it goes on and on. Same thing with plumbing. And, and, but for the government, no. It doesn't, they don't think that way at all. If they're about providing housing 
and the government is now building houses for purposes of housing, they won't know when to stop. No, no, one's, no one will ever tell them, well, it looks like the, meat has, that the, the need has been met, sir. Yeah, your department is no longer needed. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Right, right. And, and that's the way it is with climate change, right? Um, there's, uh, th- there's no amount of reg- regulation that will stop all carbon emissions, well, right? Well, forget all carbon. Well, that will stop all change. Right. Because as Prager said so brilliantly, now it's just change, and it changes Every day, they will. It's literally the most brilliant government solution for a problem kind of meshing ever, because it's a problem that will never, ever, ever go away if the problem is change. Right. It's it's you. You will never be able to claim victory over this so-called problem, right? Climate change is. It's it's so amorphous. It's so ridiculous. (laughs) It's, I, we're we're going to be looking back on this as absurdly as we. You know, as we look back in history on the the tulip craze in in Holland, <laughs> Holland yes. right? I mean, it's just like, what were you thinking? I we mean, might just, as well call it sunrise sunrise change or right. the the crisis of sunrise. <laughs> yes, that's right. It keeps coming up. <laughs> oh, and sometimes later. Yeah, and sometimes. How are we, we going to stop it? How can we normalize and regulate the sunrise? <laughs> Some, it keeps fluctuating on us. Sometimes there's a fog and you can't even see the sunrise. Oh my God! A day without sunrise no. is a day without happiness. So we must have happiness. <laughs> that's such a great point. Right? I mean, it, you know that that you should talk to your brother. That's an interesting movie to make as an analogy to climate change. Not that he'd ever do it, but a movie in which a whole country kept obsessed with normalizing right. the sunrise. Yeah, everything has to be exactly. That'd be great. That, that there's no change. Everything is exactly the same way it is every day. Because I think that's the liberal heaven. Yes. Right. That utopia, by definition, it doesn't contemplate change. Utopia means that every, everyone's needs have been met. There's no need for improvements because, or, or innovation because, well, by golly, everyone's needs are met. You know, you, you have no idea how brilliant you are for that one, okay? Because that completely, and all the listeners should go through the library and find the episodes on static thinking because mm-hmm. literally what we've come, you've stumbled full on circle, here, yeah. full circle, is the concept. Not only do liberals desire a world that's static, not only do they have the inability to think dynamically and the desire, the Panglosian desire to constantly live in a static and think statically. Right. You had me at Panglosian. Right. Their absolute desire is to <laughs> enforce a static world upon everything and everyone. Right. So that the homeless dude stays homeless. So yeah. the rich dude stays rich. So the middle class stays middle class. So the living wage at $15 an hour stays a living wage at $15 an hour for anyone who wishes to be a barista and read their Proust. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Uh, they'll, they'll say it's either that, which I, I agree with you, um, because that, that's the end result of what, what their wishes are. But what they want is that everyone is equal. Right, that everyone has equal access to everything, and no one's too rich and no one's too poor. We call that France, but that's another story altogether. I do commend our listeners, and thank you for bringing it up again. Uh, now that I think about it, the episode—it's—I think it's called Static Thinking, right? We yes. called it Static Thinking. It's, From it's something very, like 2013. Yeah, it's two or three way. years ago. But if you do a search for it, I'm sure that that's easy yeah. enough to find, right? So, uh, Static Thinking uh, is exactly on this point about how. Liberalism leads to static thinking. It does not allow uh, innovation, doesn't allow for the idea of growth. And, and liberals think of themselves in such a completely different way, right? They think of themselves as very progressive. They will say to you and me that, that uh, gosh, what are you talking about? We want the advancement of, 
of uh, gays and transgenders, and we were for the advancement as well for uh, blacks and Asians and minorities of all kinds. Uh, of course, we're not for the advancement of religion nor of conservative thinking, but that's another story. We're for the repression of those as much as possible. But uh, they're, they're constantly striving for better, better change and progressive. They think they're the ultimate agents of change, to, to use their phrase. And, and it, it just ain't so. Because the only thing that, that is changing for them is, well, nothing. Okay? Their, their notion of change is itself static. Because if you're just constantly changing for the sake of change, then you're not really doing anything new, are you? What, what, what is it, right? I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like a woman going through her wardrobe and just constantly changing her wardrobe. She has a new set of clothes every day, okay? You can say she's, she's changing, right? Every day she's changing, but she, is she really? She's just changing the colors. Is she changing as a person? Is she learning new things? Is she is expanding horizons? Is she right. exposing herself to new experiences? What you're talking about, to make the analogy really airtight in this, is changing her clothes, but living the same day yesterday that she does today and she will tomorrow. Right. Goes to the exact same places, eats the exact same things, spends the exact same time doing the exact same activities day in, day out. Right. Never aging, never growing, never expanding, never having a family or any of the kind of natural growth things that people right. do. Never having those wonderful aha moments of going, wow, I learned something new and profound. Right. They don't make any real change at That's all. Right. And, and um, they, they, they pretend that they're changing, that, they're, it's that there's some sort of progress going on. It's all nonsense. When the real progress, the real, we, and this is where we talked about static thinking, is that um, where you get closer to God, right? Where you improve yourself as an individual, where you are more charitable, you find ways to give more money to the charity, uh, where you help out your neighbor more, where you, you, you make a, a great family, where you improve opportunity you become, for everyone. Where you become a better person. And, and better, therefore better a better values. society, yeah. right? And also, Though, that's, yes. that's change. But their vision of change is, is the equivalent of the woman just changing her wardrobe every day. See, you see, and, and, and again, static thinking um, or, or the, the monochrome uh, solution that we talked about in government, they're only, they only have one way of looking at what progress is. And that one way of looking is race, gender, transgender now. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it, right? And, exactly. And everything else, well, not, no big whoop. Okay, the change in, in, in the terms of finding God, what, what are you talking about? That, that's meaningless to them. Ch uh, change in the sense of, of uh, spreading liberty throughout the world, that's meaningless to them too. In, fa in fact, if anything, they want to repress that. Uh, a change in the sense of, uh, of creating better opportunity for everyone involved to, to grow from their barista jobs to maybe a, ultimately a CEO of some great innovation company, that, they're not interested in that. The only way they, they look at change or progress is what we just talked about, race, gender, and transgender. That's right. And to put the real cherry on top of the Sunday, is there anything, and, and Martin Luther King and Jackie Robinson all said this, is there anything more superficial than the color of your skin? Yeah, is there so anything true. more superficial truly than your sexual orientation or your gender? Yeah. Seriously. Is there anything more superficial than the house of worship you were brought into not your method of connecting to god but whether or not you're episcopalian or catholic right who cares who gives a flying you know what mm -hmm. the point is they're obsessed with the absolute superficiality 
and they call that change in diversity yeah. when they're not concerned at all with the care, content of one character of one's character the the depth of one's thinking the the base of knowledge or enlightenment that people have yeah it, well this is this is, the, this is the single solution thinking that um, that they that they engage in it's exactly the reason why we brought this up about the doctors about the psychiatrist and so on this is the way they 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 draw upon life this is what gives them meaning as well you know it, it it's funny I'll, I'll be talking on my sunday show about um who's your monster right and without giving too much of it away uh the, the notion is how how are we okay everyone has a monster right my monster is is isis and radical islam and um and, and anyone who, oh, and godlessness, those are my two monsters that I will fight to my death, right? Um, but for other people, the monster is, well, for my little dog, it's, it's, the, uh, it, it's, it's the trampoline that he doesn't like in my backyard. He, he will bark at that all day. It's, to him, it's a monster, right? To my little boy, he thinks there are monsters in the trees. And, but, but there are fanciful ones, and there are ones that you're wasting your time with. Yeah, or, or kids in a dark closet. Right, exactly. At night. But... But so many of our liberal friends are like my dog, not even like my little kid, but like my dog. They, they fancy that their enemies are all around them and they're called pro-lifers and that they, that to them, the pro-lifers are their monsters, that they want to fight them, right? Because they won't let a woman choose to do with her body what she will. That's the way they perceive themselves, you see. And, and I, was, I was one of those people once upon a time, but more, more significantly, I was against Christians, generally speaking. I, I wrongly perceived them to be the monsters, that they were trying to change my brain and they were trying to in, impose their, their will and their morality by legislation throughout this great country of ours and that we had to fight back, that this was my monster. And then I realized after many years, what a waste of friggin' time. And, and not only I'm embarrassed about it, I should have been, I was, I was deconstructing or trying to deconstruct them when I should have been propping them up. I should have been glorifying them. And now I do, of course. But that ain't the real monster. I was just Don Quixote tilting at windmills in those, in those old days. And now the real fight is, is radical Islam. The real fight is, is godlessness. And I, and I think I'm right at this point. I, I think I've got it. But it ain't climate change. <laughs> it ain't those those damn pro-lifers. It, it ain't those uh, you know th those conservatives. It's radical Islam and godlessness. Those are horrific monsters. And and the reason why I, I bring this up is, I, I say you know I will be saying choose your monster wisely, right? And the same sort of thing is how they 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 perceive the world only one way, right? You know many people, many liberals, Ari, that, that when they vote, they vote as a one-issue voter. And that is? Well, it's abortion. There you I go. I was going exactly to jokingly right. say, the issue is Democrat. As long as it says Democrat, <laughs> they vote for it. I know, I know. But go with yes, me on this abortion. one. The classic yes, issue exactly. is abortion. You, you, abortion. you see, oh, well, how does he, where does he stand on abortion? And they don't care about yeah, anything else. And it's, and it's so true because if the person they're voting for was a total denier on climate change, but right on abortion... They vote abortion. Right. Oh, and not only that, but they could hate Israel. They could yeah. hate it Trump's the, everything. That's right. They could hate freedom itself. But as long as that they give a, a woman a right to kill her baby, then they're on board. Thank you very much. Um, so, 
And that, that is that's somehow acceptable to them. So they're choosing their monster, as it were, but they're choosing their one solution to everything. It's, you see how the, these are related? The, the monochromatic thinking of, of uh, our liberal friends. Most of them, of course, there are many out there that are, are very reasonable and such, but they eventually become conservatives. Thank you very much. We welcome you on board when you do. But as soon as you do become conservative... This is the interesting thing. Once you see the consequences, Dennis Prager says this a lot. Once you start thinking in terms of consequences, you're on the road to conservatism. I agree. But I, 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 I change it slightly, which is once you start seeing other solutions to, to problems, you're, you're even further along the road to conservatism. Because if, if it even dawns on you, for example, that a world might just fare completely well without the government at all, other than for purposes of the military, the police, and the, and, and the judicial system, other than those three basic things, you, you would have, the world would be just fine. How can you say that, Mr. Lurie? Yeah, because I can imagine a, a different world. And it, it did exist. That's why I know. It's historical. It's a fact. And um, uh, communities uh, such as churches and synagogues and otherwise, they rally Man, this, this is what they live for. They want to help. That's why they exist, to help yeah. people. Can I, can I uh, make one point and get your reaction to it, which yeah. is very interesting? You talked about, of course, the monster, and you say how your monster is ISIS and uh, radical Islam, essentially, and Godlessness. atheism, yeah. godlessness. Mm -hmm. Would you say, because you're a conservative, you intellectually and um, uh, emotionally also have the um, firepower in both of those centers of your being and uh, and the latitude that when a problem is solved, you'll find a new monster. So let's just say mm -hmm. the problem of radical Islam is vanquished. The problem of oh, yeah. worldwide atheism gets under control. You'll understand, because you're conservative, to move to a new monster. Oh, absolutely. For whatever problem presents itself oh, at that uh, the, age. The case in point was communism. That's right. right? Communism was, very, it's not a real monster anymore. Socialism is, is, is a monster, but it's, it's more kind of tucked in with liberalism and also godlessness. But communism was a real threat, and that was the main monster to, to destroy, right? You worry about the other monsters later, but get rid of this monster, and we did. Right. Another perfect example that preceded that at, sort of historically is Nazi Germany. Yeah. Nazi Germany doesn't exist anymore. There's right. no point fighting it. That we mm -hmm. find a lot of our liberal friends fighting that war. Oh, yeah. Still. Th that's all they talk about. The movie directors are, are, you know, they're still bringing up movies about World War II, which is cool. I get that. Uh, but in that case, they, they really loved fighting the evil. It's, they, they, they recognize evil in the past. They always do that, right? And they rec now they're recognizing the, the, the evils of communism, Soviet communism. Now, now they accept that. I mean, for example, in the movie, that the Steven Spielberg movie, The, uh, the Bridge of Spies, for example, he did a good job of recognizing the evil nature of the Soviet Empire and, and East Germany in particular uh, in that movie, okay? Because it's, it's done. There's no more East Germany. Um, and, uh, you know, one day we'll recognize the evil of Cuba's Castro. But, you know, it's too early. It's just too early. Yeah, where's the movie about North Korea or right. Iran today? Yeah. It'd be a good movie, Here, yeah. but they're not capable. That's because they're, it's still in the present. Yes. So, and one day they'll recognize the evil of Iran. They'll recognize the, the evil of ISIS and radical Islam. Uh, God willing, we'll, we'll trounce radical Islam the way that we trounced uh, communism. 
but uh, th that they, they're not concerned about. Look, monochr monochromatic thinking is what we're talking about, and it's uh, check in with your liberal friends, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Because all you have to say to them is, have you thought about other solutions to this problem? That, that's a, it's a different dynamic of arguing with them, if you even choose to argue with them. When they say that Social Security needs to be protected, that assumes, arguendo, that Social Security is a good program, that it's, it's, that it's a necessary program, and who are you to take it away? Because that's the lifeblood of uh, elderly people. Uh, same thing with Medicare, same thing with soon to be with Obamacare. Even now, it's only six years in operation, and they can't imagine a world without it. Right? People will be dying in the streets without Obamacare. This is how the, the, the liberal mind thinks, because they're so monochromatic about it. But all you have to say to them is, are there other solutions to this problem? And get them on that road. All right, don't go away. We'll be right back. Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or a real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you successfully sued a corporation only to have the principal claim it had no assets. What did you do? Dennis, we showed after the judgment there was a pattern of the principal taking money out of the corporation for his own personal purposes. And the outcome? After examining and documenting the corporation bank statements, we showed a pattern where the principal was using the corporation as his own personal piggy bank. We were able to show that he personally had a lot of money and should be the real defendant. He thought he could get away with everything by hiding behind the skirts of the corporation, but now he's personally liable. I'll say another success. I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. So a, uh, a news item that has come out is that at Tufts University, I believe that's in Boston, right? Uh, they have decided that they were, they were advancing uh, this notion of protecting free speech in, in Tufts. And that was shot down dramatically by the students. They did not want these protections. And you think, wait a minute, I, I don't get it. We're Americans, first of all, and we're young people, second of all, and don't we want to, to hoop and holler when we want to? And, and don't we realize that this might backfire against us? Apparently not so much. They didn't think that. But then again, you can't ever accuse a liberal of thinking things through. But I digress, <laughs> okay? What, what I loved is that one placard that I saw, and there was many protests for this, you know, for, um, and, and the, the one that I loved the most was the one that said, uh, no free speech if it offends anybody. All right? <laughs> and then another similar one saying, a speech if, uh, free speech if it only, if it uh, does not offend anybody. Okay? <laughs> Which is like, what? So you're basically de determining um, what the, the, the legality of your speech based upon whether somebody feels insulted or not. Right? Isn't this interesting? So, so any Johnny or any Jane can decide whether your speech is legal. 
just by way of whether she was offended or not. So can you imagine that's the rule, right? <laughs> that that uh, a judge will say, well, uh, was anybody offended by this? Uh, okay, well, I guess you, you know, you're liable now. Yeah. Or you might even go to jail, yeah. right, for violating the speech code. I mean, it, it's so absurd. It, it would never work uh, as a practical matter. And, and in court, the court would say, well, who gives a crap what you think about it? This is free speech. By definition, you know, free speech suggests that you're going to say something, have an opinion that somebody might strongly disagree with. I mean, for example, there may be some people, I know this sounds crazy, so please sit down. But I, I, get, I, can't, I cannot think creatively. So I'm just going to throw out something so crazy just to make my point. There are some people that believe that it's okay for a man to go into a woman's bathroom or locker room. I know that's crazy. I know. I, I don't know. believe it. I, I know. I know. But there are other people who would think, as I, as I do, that that is not a good idea. Okay? That's my personal opinion. And I, I know that would never happen. That is a, a bizarre scenario. Okay, or for example, it's my personal opinion that uh, people should be able to uh, not bake cakes or deliver pizza or uh, perform marriage services uh, if it offends their religious sensibilities, because it is their religion, of course. And that's my opinion, but uh, apparently not so much from the from the left. So who gets offended? And by the way, we conservatives can get offended too. What if what if? The liberals are all dancing in the streets about, or protesting in the streets about the right of a woman to, um, uh, to protect her own body. What's the expression? To, you know, to, to choose? Well, I, I know to choose, but what, how do they say to, uh, to do with her body as she will? As whatever, she pleases. As she yes. pleases, yeah. So to do with her body. And what if we say, hey, that offends me. Is that, is that illegal? Interesting, right? I don't think that they ever thought that for a moment, that maybe it, it would offend other people that, that are on the other side of the causes that they so love. So what, what, if, what if the notion of free market capitalism is offensive to somebody? And, and surely it is. We know that it is. It's, it's all those Bernie supporters out there. So Bernie Sanders I'm talking about, uh, who is a socialist and you know, hates free market capitalism. And such. Which means about 60% of the people in Santa Monica, right. California. Right. We, we literally live in a country still that that advances free market capitalism. It is the basis for our country's growth and our success. And if you were to say, hey, I'm for free market capitalism. I like the way things are. And then, and then someone says, well, that offends me. And, and you're, you're, you're simply saying, I, I, you know, that, that very notion offends me, but, but I'm simply talking about the way things are. I mean, what if I say I like, I like sunny days and somebody else says, well, we need rain. And I think that your notion that sunny days are, I, I, okay, this is just too absurd. I'm getting myself all worked up, right? But we live in crazy times where that everything is, is, is upside down. It's, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's upside down land, I guess. Um, there's a Radiohead song that, that's called Down is the New Up. And it's not conservative, believe me. They, they, they actually perceive it and talk, this is the ironic part of it is, is that they think that their world is, is upside down, that somehow that the conservatives' notion of free market capitalism as such is somehow good, that that is the craziness, that that's the upside down world, that their world where everyone uh, should be socialist and, every, and, and all the government programs should be spewing out money as much as possible, that that is the reasonable world, you understand. But, but truly, down is the new up. 
And I, and I wonder how we'll ever survive. I mean, if, if you can't have freedom, the freedom to speech with, without worrying, while you still have to worry about offending everyone in the process, well, then, then you have no freedom of speech. Because every time you'll talk, you'll say, uh, you know, I like dandelions. I like butterflies. I mean, it, and then hope that nobody will be offended by it. I mean, eventually, what kind of society do you have? Do these people even think about what they're saying? I mean, even, even the vocal nature by which they speak, and they're holding up placards. I'm offended by these people that don't understand what free speech is. How about that for irony, right? I, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't understand it. That was, and what's funny about you saying that is that was my initial reaction. I'm yeah. offended by people saying they're offended by free speech. And you're so right about the, what kind of society we have and how they're engendering it. Have you talked to these boys uh, usually it's boys who are, uh, you know, under 20 years old and how wishy-washy they sound. Yeah. How emasculated and how undeclarative their sentences are. Yeah. And how they are terrified to express any strong opinion about anything. Right. I remember when I was a kid, every other word was, oh, that sucks. That sucks. Oh, that's awesome. That's right. awesome. That mm-hmm. sucks. That's awesome. Right. Every opinion a boy should have should be strong. Right. Good or yeah. bad. Yeah, that's right. Dude, dude, you don't know what you're doing. You know, that, that's, that's cool. Yeah, dude, you're an idiot. Yeah. Dude, that's tubular. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's how healthy males talk. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, sure, they have an IQ of about four, <laughs> but that's called healthy at age 19. Yeah, but th- then the language changes to, uh, you know, with, with the advancement of age, of course, when, when you and I talk about something that's really cool. I mean, for example, the, uh, the recent election where Trump won, we were very excited about it. And we said, I cannot believe this is happening. This is awesome. Right. But we, we, we weren't saying tubular, of course, but the language catches up with our maturity. But nevertheless, the, 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 I guess the declarative way that we speak it is the key that right. you're talking about. I, I you like listen that. to this podcast, half of it is exuberant yeah, that's at right. one point or another. So true. And, and that's the healthy way people... Yeah. Should, and this podcast and any podcast should not exist without declarative language. You know, as you say, active right. sentences. Well, okay, so free speech that is contingent upon not offending anybody, it's not free at all. No. Right? How could it be? It's just speech. It's restricted. It's <laughs> controlled and regulated and neutered. That's right. I'm all for speech. I'm allowed for people to actually use words so long as it doesn't offend me. But don't say I'm for free speech so long as it doesn't offend me. That's like saying, um, I don't know, I'm against slavery unless I have slaves. Right? I mean, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, everything is backward in, in the way that they think. Uh, or I, I'm... Uh, I'm against fascism, except for uh, you know I'm I'm for the wholesale slaughter of of innocent people. Weird stuff, right? I mean, it's, it's everything about it doesn't make any sense. Free speech means that you can say something and be free from being told not to say it or killed for it or killed, right? Or or yeah. restricted in any way or imprisoned for it. But that's that's the whole meaning of free speech. Don't you get this? I, okay, so look. Uh, a whole chapter in my book about this, um, about freedom itself. And, and the title of the, of the chapter is, What's All This Fuss About Freedom Anyway? Right? I don't think, and I say, when you're godless, your, your concern about freedom is actually very minimal. I, you know, you don't really care about freedom. It's, it's very interesting. The further you are away from God, the less you care about freedom. It, it is a 100% correlation. It's one of those graphs where you can just see the dots straight, straight on. And, and you wonder, why is that the case? I'll tell you, because when you give up God, then you have to, you, you have to make man God. 
right? Somebody's got to be in charge. And when you understand that, when you, when you believe that, and you believe that, that man is the ultimate of all things, then, well, we've got to we kind of force our vision on other people for, you know, for the betterment of society at large. And that's what we talked about before, about how democracy is, is so stultifying for uh, liberals, or in particular for the godless, because it gets in the way of their big plans, capital B and capital P, right? That's what we talked about. And the same sort of thing is true about freedom, generally speaking. Freedom means the right to disagree. Freedom means saying, well, let me think about it. You know what? I've changed my mind. I don't want that big uh, honking um, uh, super train, bullet train between, from one place that nobody goes to to another place that nobody goes to. I don't want it. I, I think it's all wrong. Or climate change regulations or uh, Obamacare. I think it's all wrong. I, let's undo it. Right. That's freedom. And to, and to put a, a, a real capper on this, think about the freedom of speech and the freedom of silence. Think about the metaphorical, corny campground song that you as a cool dude, as a kid, doesn't want to participate in singing, the old kumbaya thing. Yeah. And how liberals just want to force you to whistle Dixie to their little tunes. Yeah. And all we want to do is not participate. Right. And That's if true. they eliminate this freedom of expression or non-expression, you're forced to participate in things you don't want to. Examples, uh, having to give Castro... Every standing ovation during his 20-hour speeches. Yeah. Or do your, um, the, those, uh, those uh, what is it called, effective uh, crying uh, demonstrations that they did for Dear Leader when Kim Jong-il yeah. passed away That's in right. North Korea. You, you're forced to participate. Right. It's, it's the freedom to not associate also. You know, there's a, um, there was a commercial I saw the other day, and I, I know it was just a commercial, but it was interesting to me. And maybe you had the same reaction. I'll describe it. It's, it was a commercial for one of those uh, headphones, the new headphones that are supposed to be very good clar- clarity. And you can turn them around and they become like, like speakers. Broadcasters. For, broadcasters yeah. where you can play it at a party, for example. Okay. So you see these guys. They're in a bus with all sorts of different people, black, white, old, young, uh, presumably gay and straight and such like that, uh, men and women, of course. And uh, they're all otherwise having a humdrum life. And then the guy, uh, you know, who's listening to his music uh, with his buddy says, hey, let's, let's, let's partay. And they turn around those, those uh, speakerphones such that it goes into, you know, broadcast mode, like you said. And it's this music and everyone is dancing all of a sudden. It's totally cool. And everyone's like really getting into this song. To which I thought, how do they know everyone's going to like this song? Right. Isn't it presumptuous? I mean, again, I know it's a commercial. I get it, guys. They're just making a commercial. It's supposed to be fun. But that's not the, my point. My point is that they, I think a lot of people think this way. Here's my music. Everyone must like it. And, uh, and if you don't like it, well, what's wrong with you? Yeah, I have breaking news on that subject. Um, Donald Trump has just legalized murder. <laughs> <laughs> For people who use those headphones while you're on a bus. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Yes, yes. And I fully support this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, might it be, I mean, of all things, when you think about music, it's one of the classic things that are not necessarily <laughs> no enjoyable. Yes. Everyone enjoys it. I mean, even a, a great song like the song Hey Jude by the Beatles, right? Guess what? Not everyone likes it. Okay. I think most people like it uh, in a different way. But, you know, the, the rap artist has no appreciation for that song. Okay. God bless him. Fine. Uh, you and I love that song. 
Um, but but even a classic uh, you know classic uh, aficionado may not like Hey Jude, and they'll yeah, say oh, you know it's a Sinatra pl- person, a classical music you got it. person, a jazz person. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't resonate. No. It doesn't resonate to them. Yeah. But, but when it comes to speech, they think more like you know the, the whole bus that's supposed to be singing and dancing along. Uh, this is the way they actually envision the world, and and when they say unify and all those things, they actually think they actually believe that crap. That's right. That they forget that the very essence of democracy is premised on the notion that we all disagree. That you know the founding fathers finally figured out the obvious, you know, or maybe Captain Obvious went back in time and told them, right, that people disagree on, that a, they, lot on a lot of different things. And you know what? Maybe the best thing to do is just vote on crap. That's it. That's right. Okay? And we'll have a republic, and it'll all be nice and, and such, and there'll be arguments, and there'll be all sorts of safeguards and checks and balances, because guess what? People disagree. And this whole thing with this Tufts business is, is, turns that all on its head and, and says, well, we don't want people to disagree. And in fact, uh, we are so right about the way we think that anybody who thinks differently than us is engaging in hate speech. And we want to shut them down. And we'll do something about yeah. it. And, and it didn't lose. And what it was was someone came up with a proposal to protect free speech on campus. So the state, the student government body was voting on whether or not to, to support or reject a free speech on campus proposal. Yeah. It went down. And it didn't just lose. It lost in a bigger landslide than Hillary Clinton lost Texas by, okay? It lo- there were 28 members now of just, this body. Now I just think you're being mean about the Texas business. I am being mean, and, you know, and there were states she lost worse, okay? But, That's right. Um, it lost 26 to nothing with two abstentions. Yes. There wasn't one student body government leader who got elected to the student government who had a differing opinion on this. Talk wow. about unanimity of thought. Yeah. And yes, it's not legally binding. It's not like anyone on the Tufts campus will speak and say, go to jail. But students can definitely get kicked out of school and right. expelled for violations yeah, of this. Yeah, that's right. So there is our consequences to this. It's interesting, and I think I'll wrap it up like this, uh, Ari, that, that we've elevated the notion of offense, being offended, to such a high degree that we no longer can actually feel. Isn't that interesting? You know, it, it, I guess it's not just interesting, it's ironic, right? They've made, they've made the caliber so, so bizarre that, that, that the standard is now whether or not you're offended. Well, everyone can be offended, so in the process, you don't actually feel anything. Isn't that fascinating? You know, it, when we, you and I went to school... And we had opinions, and sometimes they were stupid opinions, you know. By but and large. <laughs> right. But that's how we learn. Right. We, we learned that our, our opinion was just stupid. Thank you very much. And then you begin to see, all right, well, you got a good point here. And it's, by, by golly, the reason why we became conservatives is because we had strong opinions as liberals and realized that those opinions were stupid at the end of the day. Exactly. Thank goodness we were able to express our opinions and think it through. But instead, they're t- by using this word offense or being offended so much that they, they, they take all the manhood out of boys especially and all, all any other reason that there might be in girls and, and they grow up in a world where they're waiting to be offended all the time and then, then we're so surprised 
when they don't have the courage to do anything, to take on anything. Because you know what? Courage means you do something that's resisted by somebody else. And that resistance means that somebody's offended by what you believe. Uh, I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.